everybody out there. Welcome to another episode of Terrific Talk, episode number 26 to be exact. And with me, I have a self-described lover of all horror ever, and his name is Pika Punch. So welcome, Pika. How are you doing this evening? I am doing absolutely wonderful. Thanks for having me. Uh, how are you doing, yo? Oh, well, you're turning it back on me. <laughs> I'm doing absolutely great. I am excited to finally get you on. I know it's it's been in the works for months, and then it was supposed to be yesterday. And thank you like, for your patience as far as like you know me asking you to push it forward an extra day. Then no, don't even worry about it. I'm just happy to be on in general, yo. Ever since I heard that you had a horror podcast, I'm like, yo, I'm all about that. I need to, I need to get on that, dude. And it's, it's every time that I'm here, it seems like I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a good time, you know. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't say much in chat. Normally, I'm one of the, the lurker peeps. I, I like to listen to people talk, and like you talk about a lot of horror stuff, and I, I like horror, so it just it works. Hey, perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> so like, actually, yesterday too, um, you were playing Alien Isolation. Uh huh. That's my jam, dude. So I was just like here, I was like typing some stuff out because I've been working on like bits and junk, uh, and just. You know, watching you get down, that's one of my favorite uh, horror games, period. Yeah, and, and I got really mad at, like, one part, so I was just... <laughs> couple parts, actually. Couple parts, actually, because uh, one part in particular just, like, made me rage, like, a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, sometimes that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, let me go ahead and now ask you to introduce yourself to start off with, so you create content on Twitch. I know that you said that you're on a hiatus like for this month, but whenever you're not on hiatus, let's kind of talk about your Twitch channel and what you like to do on there. Okay, so um, for those of you who don't know me, I mean, I was introduced as Pika Punch, but my name is uh, Cesar or Caesar, uh, whichever is easier for you to say. Um, I kind of like, not necessarily like pigeonholed myself into it, but it, I just kind of find found myself within the Nintendo community, so like the Nintendo Switch and specifically Splatoon 2 is what I do, uh, as well as like, you know, uh, just any type of uh, story-based game that like, you know, my chat wants me to do type deal. Um, but like you said, I have been on hiatus uh, simply just because um, I wasn't like feeling stuff anymore. There's like a lot of like lack of wanting to do uh, stuff, and I, and I didn't really like the way that I was... Um, feeling as I did it. So I was just kind of like, you know what? Uh, you love to do this in the beginning. It's it's okay to take a break, do whatever. Um, and just recently, you know, I, I put out a video on YouTube, but I'm not predominantly a YouTube like person or anything. It was just kind of something I did because, um, well, I had the time to do so, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, uh, that was a long drawn out like response, but essentially I play a lot of stuff um, Nintendo-based uh, games. Ah, so you're a Nintendo streamer. Have, have any horror games uh, leaked on your channel every now and again since you are a okay. horror fan? Actually, um, well, like, when I started, uh, I w it was, like, predominantly, um, like, PC stuff. And don't, don't get me wrong, I game on everything. It's just, like, specifically on Twitch. I do, um, 
Nintendo stuff, but um, I started off with like all the games that everybody else does, like um, Outlast, uh, and then like Soma. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's the one? Amnesia. I was gonna say what's the one with the pigs and stuff. So it's like I, I've played all of that on stream and junk, um, and yeah, I mean it's it's really cool to be able to share that experience with everybody. I think the whole thing with uh, streaming is just that immediate, you know, response and interaction, and it's. It's a fun time, um, and and it's always great uh, when you jump and other people jump. So it's like you don't feel dumb, like ah, you know what I mean? Going ah, uh, it's it's I don't know. It's it's been a wild ride, and I'm really happy uh, where we're at right now. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that kind of got off topic of horror is what attracted me to Twitch initially too to begin with. It's just like the instant interactivity where you could say something that people just like immediately or with the three second delay or however long the delay is, uh, say something back. It's like, it's really cool. I really just, and then four years later, here here I am. I don't know how long you've been on Twitch. How long have you been on Twitch? It's going to be two years uh, in June. So like, wow. the June, it'll be about two years. <gasps> Ooh. So might we be looking forward to like any kind of celebration stream? Near the end um, of June? I, I, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about uh, doing like a comeback, like maybe uh, mid-June and then kind of have a hype going for um, the the anniversary type deal. But I, I'm not sure yet because I'm really enjoying my time off, you know? I do want to come back to streaming. Uh, I miss the community like entirely. Like it, it hurts. But at the same <laughs> time, it's like I love just being able to do my thing right now. I, I for so long had not been able to play video games for myself it's always been like for the stream and i don't know now i get excited for things again um so that's kind of what i'm waiting for with stream yeah sometimes it's just there's no harm in taking a break just to like mentally reset yourself so to speak oh yeah that's yeah that's a perfect way to say it yeah yeah all right, now let's kind of steer the conversation now to horror. Yes, yes. So, horror, what is it about it that revs your engine? Uh, geez, uh, it's, it's fun to be scared, you know? It's to, just to be, like, very blatant about it. It's super fun to be scared because it's, like, uh, your heart gets going, you know, you, you get, like, super frantic at times, or, you know, horror... Uh, invokes different types of emotion for everybody, you know, and different levels of it as well. So, um, but like at the end of it all, regardless of how you feel it or how you experience it, um, you're still there. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you went through the whole motion. You're like, oh my gosh, whatever happened, happened. And then you're like, you're there at the end of it all. And it's, and it's always super fun to, um, I don't know, just go go through it all I, I i know i'm like sounding redundant but like that's that's what i love about horror is the fact that um i get to be scared but not have it to experience it myself obviously uh so the feeling of it's fun to be scared but to be scared in kind of like a controlled environment to where just like whatever it's all over like who okay now i can just like be myself again in a sense. Exactly, because it's like, I mean, I wouldn't want to get chased down by, like, a dude wielding a chainsaw or, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, just anything like that uh, along those lines. It's like, I don't want to have to deal with any of that IRL, and I don't think anybody would, so. No, yeah. really? People would want to be chased with a chainsaw? 
I mean, you never know. People are <laughs> weird nowadays. Like, <laughs> you, you see what's in the what's in the limelight now. I mean, it's just like okay. So like, I know you wanted to do like a whole progression of horror type deal. So it's uh -huh. like um. So like nowadays, the stuff that's in the limelight is like everything. Thing, so you'll see like that weird uh, horror, uh, gore stuff, but then you'll get like your art house films, and um, we see stuff like um, like possession type deals. So um, it's it's really wild how like throughout how like horror started and how like there is certain periods in time and like uh, stuff was most prevalent. We're at a point where it's like all there. You know what I mean? So like uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if you know, we, we saw people who enjoyed that over other other things because it's like it's it's almost like generally accepted now, as opposed to, you know, where, where it began. Um, I actually wanted to ask you about uh, Nosferatu, uh huh? Uh, because like um, like when you think about that movie, it's like there's there's like a genuine plot there. There's like something to go through, and there's it's it's almost like a different type of horror and when you think about what's horrific to the people back then to like right now um it's 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 wild you know what i'm saying like yeah. there's just a stark difference and i feel like audiences back then like could follow along better because not only did they have to be so damn present and read all the damn things that were hard to read mind you because like my very first time watching it like i i had to read through that like weird scribbly like you know, yes font. yes like, i didn't get to read with like um subtitles or anything so half the time i didn't know what was going on and then like he ends up dying in the end and i was like for show and then i was sad because i was like oh crap the lady died too i was like dang all that stuff like fudge dude so i i don't know um my, my whole point on this whole like little ramble here is like um it's very uh interesting to see how like different points in time have different things that are horrific to them or would invoke that type of response uh to them yeah you definitely make a good point it kind of makes me think of the that um one halloween episode of the simpsons where lisa was reading bart uh, the raven by edgar Allan poe and my, then like, favorite oh my gosh and Bart was like, Lisa, that is e was even scary, not even for a poem. She's like, well, it was written in 1845. Maybe people were easier to scare back then. <laughs> True. True. That's so funny that you bring that up uh, because, like, The Simpsons is my favorite uh, show of all time. Like, that is top tier. That's my favorite one. Go to all the time. Yeah, their Halloween episodes are, that, that, those are the ones that have always been my favorite. Yeah, that that's actually their very first Treehouse of Horror uh, mm -hmm. special. Is that whole Edgar Allan Poe thing? Um, that's um, kind of how I like was first introduced to Edgar Allan Poe. If I'm gonna be completely honest. Hey, and that just goes to show that even pop culture things like The Simpsons can introduce people to the what's called like the capital L literature or the cultural stuff like Edgar Allan Poe. Word. And you got and going off of I like Edgar Allan Poe too. Things like uh, you know the Telltale Heart, uh, the Cask of Montalado, um, Mask of the Red Death. It's just like he's he was just like ugh. he like I can see like why like he's not considered like scary like now 
in the traditional sense, like you mentioned, like what's scary now versus maybe what was scary back then. But to me, I don't know. There's just something about Poe. Yeah, I feel like just the way he sets up everything, even something as meticulous as uh, setting up like a morgue, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even, even just like setting things up, it's, it's not just like, oh, they're in a room. You know, he describes it all. He definitely sets the tone, sets the mood. Um, and I think um, someone like more contemporary, like Stephen King, I feel like he does something very similar, but with like a lot less use of like colorful language. Whereas whereas Poe is more like a poet, <laughs> you know, what yeah, I mean? not yeah. to sound like dumb or nothing. Um, I don't know. Someone like Stephen King is more like this is happening, and it's like really hard for you not to imagine because it's very like you know, this is happening right now, whatever it is. Um, one of the, I think like one of the best examples for that would be, uh, what's it called? Like the, the tales of like Rue Morgue or something like that, uh, by Edgar Allan Poe. I, I think, think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where the dude gets his thing chopped off because they, for they like, he's not actually dead. Um, and then, like, they get, like, the the reaction is to, like, you know, cut it off because it's, like, up for whatever it is. I'm, I'm trying to be very vague here, but, like, I'm pretty sure that's that story. Um, but the way it starts off is, like, very, you know, like, scary type deal. Um, and then, I, I don't know, man. I was just, I was just thinking about that. That's, that's so funny how, like, you know, he, he could even, like, switch it up. Um, but I don't know that that's just like one of my favorites from, uh, from his, I, I can't think of like any specific examples right now or whatever to give you like, you know, of his language. But, uh, I think we can just say as a general sense, like he's, he was dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to put very, very bluntly. Yeah. He was dope. <laughs> and then someone, uh, Dan said chat, dude, spoilers, stop spoiling an almost like 250 year old story. I, I apologize. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil a couple of things. You know, like I'm, I apologize, like just as a warning for right now. Yeah, I'd say you're safe with um not spoiling Edgar Allan Poe. It's just like that stuff's been around for like a little over 200 years, so people want to read it, they can read it. Oh, and horror back then played off a lot of people's uh. F- uh, horror is even now horror plays off people's fears. A lot of people's fears back, you know, during and post time was being buried alive. That was a legitimate fear for people back then. And horror has definitely come a long way since those days in the days of black and white horror. We're talking about the days of pre-code horror, whenever there was no uh, rating system. And so there's just something about horror. What makes you think? Um, well, so my question to you is, like, why do you think horror has stuck around for so long? Like, why do people, do you feel that people still love it and still consider it relevant? Um, I, I feel like you almost answered that, like, way better than I could have because it's always relevant to, like, what's going on, you know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, just the example you use is, like, being buried alive back then, you know, um there are horror films that deal with like virus stuff or whatever right so like um all right let's think uh 
like like there are certain like uh what's what's that movie with uh tim curry uh where like evils pass through like liquid or blood is that the one is am i thinking of of the correct movie oh i um well, whatever it is, it's like this green stuff or whatever it is, and and I think I I watched this like awesome wisecrack video like uh, like however long ago, and and one of the very uh, like one of the points he makes is like how relevant it is or whatever it is to to whatever. So, um, I'm trying to think. So like today today in age, we we have stuff that's like, I don't know, political horror or whatever yes. it is, so like you know American horror story had that one arc or whatever it is that that had to do with like the election um we have stuff like um and then the, this is like almost blatantly from from that video but like the babadook has, yep. has stuff to do with like you know being a single mother and then dealing with that type of loss um and then and then we we have stuff like you know the the conjuring which is you know kind of like you know an old school throwback uh you know almost haunted house type deal but it's more uh deal with like possession and, and ghosts and junk um but my point there is like i feel like the relevancy for today's and today's age um is almost all of it uh i i, I said this earlier on where it's like we're, we're at a point where um it's accepted to have all of these types of genres and and we're a I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's cool for us because we get to experience it, as opposed to like back then where there were certain things about it. So, um, think about you know when like the war on drugs was like a huge thing. You know back in the day, those that, that was like kind of the rise of like uh, teen slasher films type deals. So, um, if you think of like uh, Michael Myers, uh, he straight up you know killed his sister because she would rather you know bang than take care of him and stuff and it's like all the people in that movie were partaking in some like you know some stuff and and the same thing with like you know like uh friday the 13th and all those types of films like every time someone dies they're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing or uh in the eyes of the public back then uh was really looked down upon and and it's just i don't know it's it's funny to see how um how what's spoken out against uh, through every medium and even in horror. Exactly. You bring up a good point how, uh, in a sense, horror is a vehicle or it can be a platform for people to be able to speak out or speak on certain issues. And you brought up a good point how um, also here too that um, we're starting to see a little bit more political horror. Like if you, uh, The Purge is a good example of that. Uh, Jordan Peele with his own movies that get out. Us, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, his iteration of The Twilight Zone. And is even, and people are kind of acting shocked that, uh, that um, from not all people, but some from what I have seen, that they're saying that, that almost like, speaking out on social issues and political issues and horror they're acting like it's some kind of new phenomenon but it's like nope not true george romero did it in 1968's night of the living dead where he was commenting on the issue of racism 
Yeah, he, he snapped. Um, I actually saw this one documentary or whatever um, where the guy straight up said it's like only George Romero had the balls to have uh, a black man slap, you know, a white woman in that video, or in that not video, but the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and it wasn't like an act of like, you know, anger or malice yeah. or anything. It was to get her to snap out of it. But us seeing that we can see that you know what i'm right, saying but right then the the mindset of the public yeah. wasn't that that's like, Yo, like that's <gasps> an attack on whatever but no that dude was taking charge of the situation he was making sure that everyone was you know present so that they could deal with the freaking zombies who were trying to you know eat their guts and such um and then the what the, the way it ends is is heartbreaking oh, as well yeah that... it's like they go through all that stuff and it's like nope <laughs> and that's also one of the things just about horror that I kind of enjoy is that you necessarily don't get the happy ending. <laughs> yeah, isn't that like super fun though? Because yeah. it's like we're we're so used to like you know having a happy ending. Like I think one of the best examples of that was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's the the second one where they all get on the bus. And then it turns into like you know the Freddy Krueger bus type deal, and it's and it's all scary. And then they drive off, and then everybody dies. And it's like, yo, <laughs> screw that, man. Like just the whole premise of that. First off, like yo, you're not even safe in your dreams. Screw you. Second off, you're not even safe going to school. Uh, and that's the end. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're you're done for. And um, like like for me, I got to watch all those types of like movies and junk. Um. I don't know if they have this like where, where you're located, but there's this show called Spenguli, Um and he would do a an old school horror film like every week uh, on Saturday. Um, so that's actually how uh, you know I got into you know like horror and stuff, uh, and and you know continued with uh, like the classics like Frankenstein and you know like uh, the Wolfman or uh, Swamp Thing. He, he just went into like all these all these cool ones um all the classics i guess you could say um but yeah i'm sorry yeah. i'm rambling oh no that that's what this that's what this podcast is for so you mentioned classic horror and uh Svengulli. would you say that's where you where horror first started to really fascinate you and catch your attention um Actually, all right. This this is gonna be like a really long story, or whatever, because it's kind of like a an, an oh an odd answer because that's what continued my horror interest. Um, it kind of like started with stuff like Goosebumps, as lame to say or whatever. So like I used to read and watch the Goosebumps series yeah. and, and like Animorphs too. Like that's more like science fiction or whatever. But like you know I loved um, I love like Animorphs and all that junk. So so like any type of like gross out or any type of like science fiction any type of like horror thing interests me because of goosebumps and that's where it stemmed out um but the very first horror film that i ever saw um was actually because of a mistake at uh hollywood video i don't know if you know what hollywood video is. yes i know what it is yes. yeah hell yeah, yeah hell yeah so like yeah. you know back in the day it used to be a huge deal to go with your family to you know rent films you know what i'm saying and yeah like uh, when I was younger, like my family would go and do that every weekend, like every Saturday or Sunday. Couldn't, couldn't be both days. It had to be one. Um, we would go uh, to the McDonald's that was across the street from the Hollywood Video, 
and then we would go to uh, Hollywood Video, and then we would get whatever it is and come home. And they had the, um, there's like this two-part episode, I think, of like this night castle thing or whatever it is where these kids get stuck uh, in this castle type deal overnight. Uh, and they had it on video, so I was like, dope, I want to watch that, I am super excited, let's do it up. Uh, and I get home, and it is not Goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> see, see, the movie I got was uh, titled The Curse of the Werewolf. And I think it came out in like 1960s or 1980s, or I, I could be wrong, either or. Um, but it was like my very first horror film. I remember putting, putting in the VHS and stuff. Uh, and thinking like, yo, this is not Goosebumps. Where, where's the title? Where's the whole theme song? Whatever it is. But I didn't want to get in trouble because I had the wrong movie. And then at, at the same time, I was like, yo, I'm going to watch this. This, this looks awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is what I want. I want to be scared. I was like maybe five or six years old at the time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I was not ready for what I was about to watch. And I think, like, the the defining moment for me and, like, what stands out in my mind from that movie more than anything was, like, the transformation scene. Uh, because his lady is, like, behind him trying to be like, oh, no, like, what's going on? Are you okay? And he's, like, <laughs> looking out at the moon and grabbing at these, like, bars and, like, the window type deal. And he's like, get away from me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, get out of here, dude. I'll freaking kill you, dude. Like, <laughs> I have no idea what's about to go down. Um, and, and I just remember thinking, like, yo, like, this is what I want to see in Goosebumps. You know what I mean? Like, give me give me the the horrific stuff. You know what I'm saying? Give me the, the violence. Um, but, yeah, that, that was my first uh, foray into horror was that movie. And it was a mistake at Hollywood Video. Um, and it, well, since then, or whatever it is, because I had, like, the taste for it and all, um, it, it was a TV show, that Sven Gulli thing, uh, where he would kind of, like, uh, interject in between, um, like, commercial breaks or whatever. Uh-huh. And he would just be funny. He'd just, like, make fun of the movie, and he'd be goofy, and then we'd go right back into whatever, like, horrific thing it is. Um, and, and I don't know, I just, I, I really, really liked it because he introduced me to like so many, you know, different types of like horror genres as well. And, uh, speaking of like being funny and stuff like Abbott and Costello, like those horror movies, like, you know, meet the Wolfman, meet, uh, Frankenstein, those, those were so awesome at being like hilarious. Like, oh, okay. We're, we're in the funny parts. And then it's like, no, that it's scary again, you know? So I don't know it's it's pretty dope like uh like how i got introduced to horror and how like you know prevalent it's been in my life like it's it's a thing and it's it's like it's the main reason that i wanted to be on this podcast because it's just like i like to gush about you know horror in general so no no really you like to gush i wouldn't have guessed oh well. <laughs> I, it's always comforting for me to go back to the familiar in horror, like where I got my start was in the 80s. So I'm talking like 80s slasher films, uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, like you mentioned, I know you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Part 2. Um, Michael Myers is in the 80s, but he's close enough, um, 78 sure. when the first one came out. And then, of course, uh, Jason and 
I just, I don't know, that's where I got my start. And even though I like the new horror stuff, I always end up going back to what's familiar. It's my favorite era. So speaking of, I'm going to make you think on this one here for a Did second. You? If you had to choose any era in horror, it doesn't necessarily have to be any current eras. It could be like the older time eras as well, 30s, 40s, um, whatever. Um, what would you say your favorite horror era is? Mm. <laughs> I would say probably the pre-code era that you're that you're talking about because like i i'm a sucker for like you know practical effects i'm a sucker for like you know just ridiculous amounts of gore it's just like what why did that happen there's no point for that to the plot other than to give us gratuitous you know what i mean like i i really like um i don't know if you would call that like maybe the 60s or 70s um but i i don't know i i can't really say like a specific like you know, era. I mean, what when did what what time frame did the thing come out? Like the the remake. So we're talking John Carpenter's the thing that was 1982, yes. June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. Okay, so that's like a little too a little too far or whatever. But like I had, I'd that's like my favorite horror film. So like I don't want to say like. <laughs> I don't want to say outside of that, but there are other movies that are better outside of that time frame. You feel me? Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that's actually a hard question. So it's more specific. You don't like to prescribe to anyone's specific era in horror. You're just like, if it's good, I'll watch it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because um, I'll, I'll watch it. Because you, you mentioned, like, George A. Romero. Like, I, he's my favorite, you know, zombie stuff or whatever. So I... I love stuff from like Day of the Dead to uh, dumb stuff like trauma films, like uh, you know Toxic Avenger, you know uh, tr tr like the high school one, whatever it is, Newcomb High or something like that. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. I had, I like stuff to uh, I don't know if you've seen like the others with like Nicole Kidman. Yes, uh, yes, I, I have. Seen, I haven't seen like Hereditary. But I hear that like that's that's like a really you know good one or whatever. You but, must. Um, what, what was I gonna say? The witch. The witch was dope. I like the witch or whatever. That's so. So what I'm saying here, the reason I'm like you know naming all these things is because it's like I, I'm not pigeonholed to like one type of thing. Um, and even if it's like bad, like I usually try to find like some type of merits. I usually try to sit through whatever it is because it's like all right, man. There's there's a catch here. There's always a catch. Like. There's always something, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. I'm forgiving when it comes to horror. Are you sure? So there's no, like, horror films out there that you've watched and you're just like, uh, I, I don't mind bad movies, but this is bad. <laughs> uh, all right. You know what? There's this movie with Vince Vaughn called Wendigo. Uh, and it's about uh, that exactly. I don't know. They... they explain it and stuff where there's like uh they're on like a burial ground or something like that or whatever and these these native americans like explain whatever the whatever the hell it is and i don't know it's really dumb because it starts off like really ominous and then goes nowhere and then we get one flash of whatever it is and it's literally like a deer man with his hands doing this and it's for two seconds like straight up it's like for two seconds and, and then like some stuff happens and then the family leaves and they have to like kill a deer. It's dumb. I was like, this is this is a dumb movie. 
I, I don't know why I sat through this. Um, a, a deer with his hands going, <laughs> Yeah, he was just like, yo, what up? Hey. And I was like, all right, that's, that's their scare. That's their jump. That, that's what the whole movie was about. And then uh, I sat there and I thought, and I was like, dude, no one else memorable is in this movie. They spent all of their budget on Vince Vaughn. Like, they wanted him in that movie. That's why it was so damn bad. Like, they couldn't... They couldn't spend any more money on anything else. You got two seconds of Deer Man. <laughs> okay, well, that's one movie I'm definitely not gonna watch. Please don't. Yeah, please. Also, if you... So, I will, like, um, put forth to you my, my worst... Uh, the worst horror film that I watched. Do not... If you haven't already, do not watch Dracula 3000. Dracula 3000. Why do I feel like I have seen that, though? Oh, Dracula basically in space. Okay, no, I haven't seen that. I, I don't know. I'm thinking of vampires. I don't know if you've seen vampires, but... Uh, uh, John, Carpenter's <laughs> va John, John Carpenter's vampires? No, that's vampires with a Z. I'm talking oh. about vampires, like Y-A-Z. Like... <laughs> Like, it's, it's, okay, so, um, in the early, like, 2000s era, like, late 90s, there's, like, this whole, uh, thing where, like, rappers and, uh, were making, like, you know, horror films and stuff. I don't remember who made Vampires, um, but there's, like, Snoop Dogg's, whatever, Tales in the Hood or whatever, and they're so bad. They're terrible, but they're so fun to watch, because it's, like, you know they're bad, but you're, you know, you're gonna get some cheap, you know, gory effects, and... It's always like a funny tale, you know what I'm saying? And it's, there's always three for whatever the hell reason, and I don't know, they're, they're just they're goofy. Yeah, um, I I do remember Tales from the Hood. It's like it was goofy, but it was a fun watch. It was a fun watch. There, there's I don't know. There's like a a bunch of like goofy-ish movies from like that era. Like, did, are you familiar with the like the Leprechaun series? Uh huh. Okay, so those but are god awful, right? But they make me laugh so damn much. And, and then you get, like, your gore here and there. It's like, all right, it's not the best, but, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. It's it's kind of worth Um, But, yo, Dracula 3000, I know you said not to watch it, but I might because I like bad movies. Like, I, I can't I can't help it. But do you have, like, a synopsis for it? Like, you got me, like, a little, little description. Okay, so basically Dracula 3000 is this salvage crew that comes across this ship that's floating in space. And, of course, Dracula's on that ship. And I guess they didn't have enough to spend a budget, like, on a decent costume for it because it just looks like he got it from a party store. That's basically just, like, what he looks like. And it's, it is just so... Uh, so since you're going to watch it, just I'm going to warn you, it's... It's, like, about as bad as you described, like, Wendigo. Okay. Probably. Right, I'll brace myself for sure. I'll, yes. I'll make it fun somehow. Like. Yes, because, yeah, so don't say I told you so because I'm telling you so. So if you have to suffer through it, I will pray for your soul. <laughs> but, like, it's so funny because, like, you said the whole beginning part of that felt like Aliens. Yeah. Like, these people just came up and found this stuff, and it's like, all right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, the premise was there. It's basically, what would you do if you were in space with vampires or Dracula, as it were, and there is no sunlight to save you? That's an interesting premise. It was just not done well. 
the show. I'd, I'd rather just watch uh, Aliens. Yeah, just yeah, that just sounds dope. Just go watch Aliens or play Dead Space. For show or or watch Event Horizon if you want like that type of imagery, Dead Space style. Exactly, exactly. So we've been talking about kind of like the the bad bad and the good bad horror films like i know you mentioned a few kind of guilty pleasure horror films like that you watch but are there any others beyond what you mentioned where you're just like you know i know it's bad but i don't care this is a movie i'll watch again and again um wow okay that that one's hard I mean, I wouldn't say this is, like, a guilty pleasure, because I know a lot of people like this. There's an audience for it. Like, you know, the whole Evil Dead series is, like, super campy, cheesy, you know, whatever. Like, it's just very much in the vein of what I like. Like, Ash Williams, like, dude, dude's a beast. Like, kill the freaking king, you know? Um, I haven't seen all of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I know they have, like, a series and stuff. I'm, like, maybe four or five episodes in. Um, I may have finished the first season, come to think of it, because there's only, like, eight. So I might have finished that. But, I don't know, I'm trying to think, like, really deep dirty like oh you watch that type of pleasures i'm trying to think like um hmm i don't know i, I guess i kind of just like mentioned like you know those those like really b-rate horror films where it's like that like why there's no point to this even even though i hate wendigo i like watching those types of films uh, because I like seeing the effort that, that's put into it. Like, all right, how much can we do with this amount of budget? Uh, and, and there's something about that type of feel, like shoestringing, like uh, barely having anything type deal that, that's, I don't know, charming. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they tried. I'm not scared, but you, you tried. You know what I mean? I know what you're going for. Yep. Um, Except the Wendigo, like you said, they blew all the budget on Vince Vaughn. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I don't know. I'd say, like, I, I, I already mentioned, like, Troma. So, like, uh -huh. you know, Toxic Avenger I'll, I'll watch all the time. Like, that's that's one of my favorites. Um, really, really dumb stuff like uh, Evil. It's not Evil. It's Dead Alive. If, if you say, have you seen Dead Alive? It's, like, Peter Jackson's film before the Lord of the Rings series. I um, I've heard of it, but I don't think I've ever watched those. No. For sure. It, I think it also goes by Brain Dead, um, and I think it's in like the Guinness Book of World Record of being like the bloodiest film of all time, like using the most fake blood ever. Uh, and and I believe it because it's just like a an entire practical effects gore fest, and it's it's so much fun. It's it's so campy and it's purposely hilarious too. Like it's an actual horror comedy. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably my biggest guilty pleasure is that movie because i get to laugh and be like gross <laughs> i think a couple of my guilty pleasure films are like anytime freddy versus jason is on i'll watch it Weird. i i know it's on netflix right now but it's like come on it's two of the biggest slasher horror icons of all time freddy and jason sure was it done well no was it fun Yes. And yeah, they got one-liners, too. Like, it's so funny, dude. Yeah. Well, Freddy got the one-liners. Jason was still the strong silent type in that film. <laughs> and then another one, I guess you'd call it, like, a guilty pleasure, is the movie Ghost Ship. 
We've talked about this on Twitter. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know, Ghost Ship was a film, I think, that came out. I can't remember if it was 2003 or 2004, because the, the exact year is escaping me. But what people talk about most in that movie is the beginning. And I won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it. I think it's still on Netflix. Go watch it. But that beginning, ah, uh, that's what I remember the most about that film. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it's it's memorable because it's like yeah. it's so innocent, and sweet, and you're like, all right, for sure, I can dig it. I yeah. can dig it. I mean, you know it's coming. You know something's yeah. gonna happen. But I'm like, all right, I can dig it. And then it happens, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because just like, nope, we're just gonna go right until like you know the horror stuff. And I think I remember critics were land blasting it. It was just like so badly rated. And so I guess in that sense, it's just a guilty pleasure, too. Just like, was it the best done film? No. At times, no. But I liked it. It's like, you can't stop me from not liking it. <laughs> yeah, I think with me, I, I couldn't get behind the whole fact. And, and I think this is that movie where they're like, you know, treasure hunters type deal. And then yeah, they like, go to the ships. Yeah. yeah that, I, I thought I couldn't get behind it. I thought it was cool at first. But the more that I was there, the more I was like, there's no way that they would have all of this. There's no way that anybody would just freely sail the seas and find a random wreckage. Like, this would have been cleaned up. You know what I mean? At least that's how I think about it or whatever. But um, it, it is a fun movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I always find some type of merit in those types of films because, I don't know, they, they tried. I got I got what they were going for. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, and like with, uh, with films like that too, I just like, yeah, I did get what they were going for. I thought it was unique, the whole aspect, how they were on a ghost, like a ghost ship, because I thought the location was cool. Another one that, um, what was it? And also we were talking about ones that were, man, they tried, but it just didn't quite come across very well. One that I didn't care too much for was Oculus. I don't know if you've seen that one. It's the one about the, the evil mirror. Okay, and then I think I think I know this one where it's like at the end, like I'm trying to think. I feel like I've seen that one because it's like the the guy at the end ends up not being crazy, and it's like the mirror is actually, you know, evil. Mm-hmm. That that's the one, right? That like I think it, with his sister or whatever. Yes. Or like someone killed whoever, like. Yeah, it, it was an interesting premise, but, like, that even goes to show you, even the way that I thought of it, like, it wasn't memorable enough. Like, huh. I totally get you. It just didn't didn't work out. Um, but that actually uh, brings up, like, a really good question, in my opinion. Like, how do you feel about movies that kind of, like, subvert expectations like that, where it starts out as a certain type of film, and then it gives you the horror, or it's, it maybe sets up a certain type of horror film and gives you a different, you know what I mean, kind, or um, even even films that are, like, end up being, like, allegories for other things, you know, like, I, like what are your favorite types of those films? Well, um, to answer, like, the first part of that question, I feel like when I'm all for originality and I'm all for, like, different premises, I like with Oculus, it's just like, ooh, a cursed object. I mean, you don't really see too much of that in uh, modern horror, at least like from my experience. So I was all in like this evil mirror, this cursed mirror, like let's go. And then at the ending, it the ending like kind of fell flat for me. It's just like, oh, I'm kind of getting 
everything else, like every like horror cliche that they didn't like present in the first half of the movie, like which is a shame. And like uh, types of films that I do like, or like one that we talked about this, one that sticks out in my mind is The Babadook. Because it was marketed at first as just like, ooh, look at this monster. Like, ooh, this monster. But it ended up being something else entirely. It wasn't about the monster. The monster in itself... Okay, for those who haven't seen it, I won't spoil. Trying to, like, stay kind of as vague as possible. But the monster is a symbol for something else. And that's what I liked about that film. And even... um, It's not particularly horror, but... This film, kind of, people are eh about it, but I liked it. I thought it was decent. Um, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Have you seen that one? Okay. I see, like, I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did, but I also didn't like it all that much. Um, I, I felt like it was, like, such an interesting premise. Uh, and when it comes to the conclusion, I, I get why a lot of people were like, oh, you know what I mean? But I was like, that is a thought. You know what I mean? I was like, that is very interesting. That's a, that's a cool take you know, something that I wasn't thinking of. And and it's very easy for, like, that to... for something like that to fall flat. Um, but, like you said, it's, it's really hard not to give credit to, like, where creativity, you know what I mean? At least they tried, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I'm thinking, like, uh, another, like, contemporary movie, you know, uh, that does, like, an allegorical, like, monster-type deal. Uh, is It Follows. I don't know if you've seen It Follows. Yes, I have. Yes. This show, that's one of my faves, like, of, of like, you know, a newer uh, type film. Um, because it, it does it really well. And, and it's and it's so ambiguous to where, like, people can relate to it in their own way. Um, I know that they've outwardly said, um, I think it has to do with, like, abuse. And then just having to, like, you know, deal with the fact, you know, that, that that's always there. But you can still, you know, live on type deal. Um but but i i saw it as my own thing you know what i mean like i i relate to it in in a different way but the fact that uh you know that they could even make films like that nowadays or or just in general you know uh that are ambiguous enough for people to relate to in, in however they can but also still be horrific and still you know instill that type of fear in you do you, um, do you think that ambiguity in horror also because uh horror the I the what they also I love about it is that you don't have to have everything explained to you. You don't have to know like why this person is evil. They just are. You don't have to know why they're going down the street and like stalking somebody and are obsessed with them. They just are. You don't have to know why this alien crash landed on this planet a hundred thousand years ago and is now like you know able to assimilate into people. It just they just do it. So do you think the ambiguity in horror, which I think is one of its greatest strengths, do you think it, um, do you think it could also, the flip side, kind of hurt it in a little bit, hurt it a little bit? Um, it really depends on how, like, how it's used, uh, because, yeah. like, if you go, like, way back, like, uh, in the very beginning of the podcast, you, you brought up, like, um, like, the Necronomicon, I think, like, you brought up, um, what's his name, H.P. Lovecraft and stuff. Yes. And a lot of, like, the way he describes horror or whatever, it's like undescribable. You know what I mean? And the fact that you don't know. You get what I'm saying? Like, yes. th- he deals with all these topics of just like this unknowing or whatever it is. And, and the reasons people lash out um, to, to 
to things in general, whatever it is, usually has to deal with the fact that they don't understand it. And if we don't understand something, if we have like zero, you know, familiarity with it, it makes it that much more scarier. So it, it really depends on like how, how it's used because sometimes things can fall flat. Sometimes um, it could seem shallow and um, what's the word, lazy. Uh, but I feel like that in general has to deal with fear as an emotion in general. You know what I mean? Just like the whole concept of it is, is unknowing and that's horrifying. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's really cool that they're using it so, so awesomely in, in contemporary horror and such. Um, but, but also like, uh, I was talking about like, you know, subverting expectations and stuff or whatever. Um, I, I know I've heard you mention this before, but like you've seen Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that, that movie, first off, hilarious, right? <laughs> yes. Like the, the, their, their performances are right on. Like I, I'm so for those guys. Yes. And, um, I don't know if it's Tucker or Dale, but like the, the burlier dude, <laughs> You, you cannot tell me that that's not a charming dude. You cannot tell me that you wouldn't want to be that dude's pal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but to, to these teenagers, to these dumb ass teenagers or whatever it is, like they're the, they're like the, the hillbilly, you know, stereotypical, whatever it is. Um, and I know that like George A. Romero did it in the way that he did, but that also, you know, goes to show you like, you know, just not judging like a book by its cover, not like, you know, going based off like someone else's appearances or whatever. Just the fact that not only could they do that with the genre, be be funny, subvert expectations, but also still kind of like, you know, teach you a moral at the end of the day. Um, but the reason I brought that up or whatever is like, yo, like, what are some of your like straight up, you know, favorite films like in that in that vein? So are we talking about just like horror comedies? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, let's go adjust horror comedies. Yeah. Okay, so of course I love Tucker Dale versus Evil. That has to be like one of my favorites because I like the whole just like the flipping of the hillbilly stereotype. You're half hillbilly. That line just gets me every time. Like I die laughing at that line. And then also, this is more. I guess you could consider it horror, but it's also like a dark com, uh, a little bit of a dark comedy as well. Uh. The Burbs with Tom Hanks and Bruce Dern and Rick uh, Dukeman. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's just... No, but if it has Tom Hanks and Bruce Dern, like, that's... Like, I, I, I know film in general, like, I, he... That's Laura Dern's father. Yes, yes. Yes, that dude's a beast. Yeah, and so that, I won't spoil it since you haven't seen it, but it's just basically this charming little suburb where things like the, the the creepy neighbor and things go horribly wrong that's about like all i will say about that one but it is sure. it is hilarious it's also got um cory feldman in it as well okay so, right. so when was this done like in the 80s uh 1989 okay all right for sure. yeah if you have shutter i think it's still on shutter I don't think it's on Netflix or Hulu or that, but I know for sure it's on Shutter. The last time I checked, is that worth? Is it worth having Shutter? Because it's like, yo, there's sometimes where it's like there's some movies that I want to watch and I know it's on there, mm -hmm. but it's like, yo, is it worth paying this every month? Like, do, do you get your money's worth with it? I feel like I definitely get my money's worth with it. It's got uh, the last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs. If you're a fan of his, it's got like all sorts of horror from. Um, it's got the kind of like the B-type horror that you said that you like. It's got some older stuff. 
It's got some newer contemporary stuff. It's got foreign horror, if you're a fan of foreign horror. Um, one, uh, a really good foreign horror movie on there is Terrified. Uh, it's a Portu- Portuguese horror film. Show. Uh, have you seen like uh, record like the record series no i have heard of them i have uh, been recommended them and and it's just like another set of movies i guess to put on my long list of movies i need to watch <laughs> show. Those, those are super fun they're, they're like high tension high like yo well the third one is the first yeah. two are kind of like more your traditional found footage like oh okay yeah. this this is going on but that, yeah, it is definitely a fun, fun movie. Yeah, a fun series in general. Yeah, it's the found found footage. Like if it's done like too shaky cam, then I can't watch them because I have a weird like motion sickness thing going on with my eyes. So it's so if it was if it's like that, then I'm just gonna be like, Bleh, but not because like it's terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm like super excited. Like. The best found footage film that I've ever seen, period, is called Man Bites Dog. And it's not necessarily a horror film, but it's a very irksome, like, very, like, oh my gosh type of tale. Because, um, essentially, it's these two filmmakers, these two documentary dudes, um, following a murderer. And just doing his day, day day-to-day things and how he you know kills people it's 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 so wild and he talks about his method methodology of it he talks about why he specifically you know chooses the victims that he does um it's it's in french it's in black and white uh and i think it's on hulu uh it's it's my favorite found footage and probably my favorite black and white horror film period huh. um, it's okay. it's top notch dude what what is it about like uh, italian uh horror and like french horror that they just know how to do in a way that it's like, like specifically, like, what's the word? Haunting, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's this, uh, what's that one zombie movie? I can't even think. But they're like on an island, and they're like getting attacked or whatever it is. And, and I don't know. But that's 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 one of my favorite ones. I'm sorry, I'm rambling again. All right. Um, I don't know if what you're describing is Campbell Holocaust. Oh no, definitely not. That's okay, just, that's that it. Wild, uh, <laughs> that one's an oh my gosh film for show. Uh, all right, and I don't know if you've seen this one, but uh, if you like zombie movies, you haven't seen this one yet. Train to Busan. That is a must see. It sounds French. No, oh, actually, it's Korean. Korean for show. Yes. Korean films in general, they're they're top notch, dude. They're and, really good at doing stuff. And it's got the fast zombies, which I'm never like a big fan of. But the fast zombies in this one makes sense. And it's just, it's like they go there with their zombies and with their gore. And in a way that I haven't really seen too much with, um, even like in things like The Walking Dead, like the TV show at times, the zombie gore is kind of toned down like just a little bit, but... With this yeah. one, it's just like, whoa! It it was it that is on Netflix. So show. I mean, if it's on Netflix, I'll like throw it on my list right now. What is it called? Train to what? Train to Busan. Uh, B U S A N is how that's spelled. I got you. It is on the list. Yeah, get that What's on the, the other one that you said before that. Uh, the Burbs. 
The Burbs, there you go, the one with uh, Tom Hanks and such. Yeah, and you asked if Shudder, okay, to answer your question, the previous question, you asked if Shudder was worth it. Uh, to me, yeah, it definitely is. I think I kind of answered that, but to go like into further detail, yeah, it is. It's the cheapest of the streaming services out there. It's like $5 a month, but to me, it's $5 just well spent, because for a horror fan, I believe that Shudder is a must-have. Yeah, and if you ever, like, get sick of it, then it's just, like, cancel it, like, for that month if you don't, like, see, like, anything good on there. And then when things get back up there again that you like, then just, like, resubscribe just like you would do with Netflix, and like I do from time to time. I get you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, it's... I, the only reason I'm hesitant with, like, streaming services or whatever is because, like, everybody has one now. So, like, yeah. CBS or whatever thing. I, I've only seen that first episode of the new Twilight Zone series. Yeah, me too. And I'm kind of mad. I was kind of mad whenever I heard it was only going to be on CBS. It's like, why? I wanted to watch okay. that. It, yeah, what, did, what did you think of that first episode, though? I thought it was fantastic. The first episode I thought was great. It's a Jordan Peele, you could tell he has such a love for the horror genre and such a respect for the horror genre. And you could tell that he had such respect for that, um, for Rod Serling and the episodes from the 50s. Uh, sorry, was it, did he do it in the, I forget whether it's 50s or 60s, like, I, I don't know, like, whenever, numbers. Whenever they came out. Yeah, numbers. Like, numbers and dates. Hi, Modern Mom. How are you? How are you doing? But, yeah, um, hor uh, Jordan Peele, I feel, is one of the strongest horror writers and directors, like, out there in contemporary horror. Because he just... It's not like, oh, I'm going to do horror just because it's popular. Be like, you know, I've seen like some people do, unfortunately. It's, no, I'm going to do horror because I love and respect the genre. And I like seeing his passion. Oh, de definitely. It's, it's so, it's honest. Yes. That's, that's what I love about it. It's very honest. Um, and, and we don't get enough of that today where it's like, you know, mirror to society type <laughs> deal. And he does that a lot. But he's so unique and very... Um, expressive and creative in the way that he does it that it's just like not not only is it like it gets the job done with you know te teaching us and making us scared but it's just like it's it's good you know what i mean not to sound pretentious or anything but it's like yo this this was a good thing you know what i'm saying um so like another like good movie would be like silence of the lambs you know what i'm saying where it's like it does the job it checks off all the boxes but um it's also a good movie um dang dude i'm trying to think like the exorcist you know what i'm saying another one of those films where it's like absolutely horrifying uh but it's a damn good film as well um and and it's been a while since you know we've gotten any type of like uh you know producer or uh director that uh you know respects the genre enough to just do that you know what i'm saying and um, but you still got some of the old guards still kind of floating around out there like john carpenter and like, I'm a big John Carpenter fan. His latest, uh, the latest version of Halloween, I know, wasn't directed by him, but he was an executive producer on it. But I did like how the director, David Gordon Green, and even Danny McBride was involved in the film, which kind of like surprised me. Like Danny McBride, was the one of the screenwriters. I thought. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. Like, wild. And I just remember them like and. Um, 
David and Danny being like, you know, we want to show respect to the one that was made back in the 70s. And they they sure did. It definitely had the feel of the 70s one. Like, I don't yeah, know. Well, I, I haven't seen it, unfortunately. Yeah. So no. I can't say either. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's another one you should put on your list. Oh, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you need to put that on your list. I knew I was going to have to do this. I was like, you know, <laughs> we're going to be talking about horror films that I haven't heard about or hadn't seen. You're going to have to add some more to your list. It's just like, oh, great. my Yay, my list is getting bigger. It's like, oh, great. Now my list is getting bigger. <laughs> like... I, I, I can dig it. I, I mean, w without <laughs> having to stream or whatever it is, like, I don't mean to, like, make it seem like streaming is a bad thing or whatever, but not having to stream gives me a lot more time, if I'm going to be completely honest. So there's time to watch this. Well, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. And I completely get what, I completely get what you're saying there. It's just, like, we streamers love creating content, but then there's also 24 hours in a day. Yeah, definitely. It, it, and, like, and honestly, like you know, day to day life gets in yeah. the way all the time as well. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look like it, but like, I I help run my family's restaurant or whatever it is. Like I I work a lot. It's like you know, just being able to unwind and being able to take this time off. You know, or and you know, even be on this podcast has been like so damn freaking awesome. You know, so just a way to unwind and just be like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so speaking of unwindings like i know i like to unwind like with some of my favorite horror films it's kind of like contradictory it's like ah oh, horror is meant to like jump scare and like make you all tense and stuff like that helps you relax it's just like yes so i had you kind of think about your five favorite horror films of all time so I'm not going to be too focused on this question because this question is going to be specifically for you. So you said it was going to be a hard one. Yes. And I, uh, yeah, I definitely, I sympathize, but. Okay, but I, I, think, <laughs> like, I think I got it though, because I was actually okay. talking to this about uh, like with my brother or whatever, because I was like, yo, like what are the questions is top five, whatever. And it's like, anytime we think of that, it's like, dude, oh man, it's too much. Because there's always caveats. It's like, oh, well, what about in this genre or in this or whatever? And it's like, it always becomes a huge thing. But I think I think I got it down. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go with the collector, uh, okay. and then this is like you know five to one type deal. Okay. Um. The. I'll go with like the Conjuring. Cause I really mm -hmm. love The Conjuring. It just there's something about it that just does it for me. Um, fudge, dude. Dude, these are all like newer movies. I'm sorry. No, uh, it's fine. I, I like um, Green Room because it is an entirely different type of horror. Um, it's it got me pumping and it got me feeling the way like a, a horror monster movie would. Uh, but with like real life trauma and it's like it's it's intense dude it's intense I'll, I'll explain all of these films here in a sec um damn dude my my number two has to be a tie because i love silence of the lambs and i really like the exorcist uh but neither of them can take my top spot uh because the top spot is the thing like john carpenter's the thing like that is 
There, there's no, like, in my opinion, there's no better horror film. Uh, it, you get the best performance from Kurt Russell. Uh, you get all the awesome, you know, special effects, practical effects. Uh, you, you almost get, like, a, not necessarily, like, a whodunit, but, like, a mystery type deal to begin with. And then it becomes, like, this sci-fi, like, oh, shit type deal. Um, the, the, the thing does it for me. You know what I mean? That's, that is my favorite film, but... It took me a long time to get those five, well, six. You know yeah, six. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm sorry I cheated there, but I had to do it. Um, but yeah, are there any that you didn't know? So it's the collector. Um, uh, I did. Um, I've heard the collector, but I'm not too familiar with that one. And I don't think you said like why you like that one or why that was in your top five. Hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. That's okay. All right, I apologize. But yeah, no, The Collector is about uh, a dude that collects bodies, like a dude that collects people. Um, and, and it's not set up that way at all because essentially it's um, this guy who's working on this house uh, and he sets up like all of their security features or whatever it is, but he's really there to rob them. Um, and then they go off to vacation or whatever it is and he comes back at night to, you know, to steal their stuff, but the family's still there and there's someone else in the house and that someone else is the collector. And, and it's such an awesome premise for a movie. It's such an awesome setup. Um, and, and there's like horror, there's like supernatural elements to it, but it's still pretty grounded. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. Um, but, but it is more of like a modern film or whatever. So like, there's like this one scene that's entirely unnecessary. It leads to a death, hmm. but it's like, I, I don't know why that was there. Um, okay. What else did I say? Jeez, I'm so sorry. I'm like super happy about this. Okay. Okay, so I remember you said the collector. Um, I know that you mentioned, of course, the thing is your number one, minus two. You said that two movies tied for your uh, number two spot it, uh, The Exorcist and Silence of the Lambs. I mean, they're both classics. So, so I'm trying to remember your number three and four. That's. Oh, um, it was Green Room. Green Room, uh, and, three, uh -huh. and then number four was The Conjuring. Right, okay. So, yes, uh, I have... Okay, so I haven't seen The Collector. I have seen The Conjuring. I haven't seen The Green Room. I've seen the two in your top two spot. And, of course, I've seen The Thing. How could I not? I always tell people and they ask me, what's your favorite? It's like, The Thing. It's the Thing, it's, it's the one, yeah. It's um, but, yo, if... if you're gonna see any of the films that I've uh, like mentioned and haven't. I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say Green Room. Green um, Room, okay. Because all right, so like the setup for that one is like there's this like really small time punk band that um, is on tour. Like they're doing like their you know little whatever tour and uh -huh. that they're not getting all the best shows and one of their last shows fails on them. So they get another one, but it's in the middle of the woods, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And then it ends up being for a bunch of Nazis. And they see something that they're not supposed to see, and that's the setup for the movie. That's I can't oh. tell you anymore. It's, it's so damn good. It's one of my favorites. And it has the late Anton Yelchin in it, unfortunately. Oh, like, rest in peace. Yeah. But he does he does such a great job in that movie. Like he sells it for me with his franticness and his you know, scared or whatever. He okay. does scared well. 
Yeah, yeah, he's kind of, he's got the face for scared. So yeah, I've added that to my list, and then that one like uh, found footage film that you talked about, the French one, The Man Bites Dog, and Man Bites Dog is so good. That's, it, that would be my number six, like out of the it, top five. It, so if you had like, if it was a top six, that would be your number six. The show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like let's just have a top like infinity list, and we could just like list like every. Like, well, <laughs> this whole this whole podcast could literally just be us being like, oh yeah, that movie's good. Oh yeah, that movie's also. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so easy to go down that rabbit hole because there's so many good things that are out there, you feel? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's just, I could be like, well, I like this. And I like that. Before we know it, like, two, three hours have passed. It's just like, wow. So I have to ask you, what are your top five then? Oh, oh, boy. I didn't, like, uh, think too much uh, about this, of course. You already didn't know my number one because, um, that's pretty much our number ones are exactly the same. The right. so I'm gonna gotta go like one two three four five instead of five four three two one. So my top favorites is thing because of the whole idea of the isolation of the setting is what always got to me about that film. Just basically because isolation is one of my biggest fears. Being trapped somewhere with no way out, no way yeah, to get help. Uh, uh, just like alien isolation, yeah, like no way out, nothing. And that's, I guess, what draws, it just makes me, ugh, about that film. But I also love it. My number two would have to be the second Aliens. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the, fr I love the first Alien. It took a while to grow on me, in a sense, because it was a bit of a slower-paced film. But I just, I like, there are, like, too many of my favorite scenes and moments happened in the second Aliens. Of course, Bill Paxton... You know, who plays Hudson is one of my favorite characters in the film. Why'd you put her in charge? Like, it just, like, and then the whole, like, idea of, like, Ripley's a badass. Let's just put it that way. She is such a badass. And just, like, whenever, like, knowing that she's terrified out of her mind, but she's still able to, like, go and face these things. Those things. <laughs> Those things. It's great. And yeah, I'd say Alien Aliens is, like, the most badass action film you know what i mean yeah it's like because that's what it's like i know mm. it's it's a sequel to a horror film uh-huh but it's it's like an action horror film I yeah guess you can say but yeah I, I always say like yo if you're looking for a badass action film watch aliens dude that's so good but yeah, yeah i'm sorry continue yeah. No, and, excited. okay and my number three is gonna be another john carpenter film like i mentioned um the halloween from but from 1978 again it's a movie that had to grow on me i saw it when i was 16 i was like ugh, this isn't scary but then i um recently not as of recently watched it but like within like this past year it's like you know what i'm just gonna watch it again I'm gonna see if I like if I still think it's as bad as I thought when I was 16, and so I watched it again. And it's like this is definitely not as bad as I thought when I was 16 because at 16, I guess I found different things scarier than um, than now. Now I like more of the grounded, like more realistic horror, and I still like the 80s stuff, like the really out there stuff, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, and Michael Myers is just like one of those iconic, iconic killers. Uh, and so the number four, my number four film would have to be um, The Strangers. 
I don't. Okay. So I don't know, like, if you. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've seen that, but the premise behind that is like it's more the realistic type of horror film, and it's absolutely terrifying because it's something that could happen to anybody at any time. And just like one of the most chilling lines in that film, it just kind of like sums all up for me. It's like, why are you doing this? Because you were at home. I was like, yeah, oh so my wild. gosh. And that's what's just so freaky. It's just like, they're not monsters. Well, not in the sense like, you know, the whole like creatures, but they're still like, you know, soul-wise, they're monsters. But you never see their faces. You don't know why they're there. You don't know why they're doing that. And that's what I like about uh, Strangers. Uh, that's why it's my number four. Now my number five, I have to put a zombie film on there. And it may be one that's a little bit surprising. I guess, like, I could also go to cheat for my number five spot because I've got two. And they're both zombie okay. films. Um, okay. So it would have to be um, Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead um, 2004. Because, because of the fact that I love the one that George uh, A. Romero made. Don't get me wrong. He's always going to be the godfather of zombies. Without him, zombie films would not be where they were today. And I definitely, like, I fully respect that. But, I don't know, there was just something about uh, the remake. I thought Zack Snyder did a decent job with it. And I liked the characters in it. Um, I like Ving Rhames Ving, movie. V- Ving Rhames was... And I like that one security guard that started off to be a dick. I think his name was at Jim. I think that's what his name was. I don't remember. Yeah, dude, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. He's like fucking nursery school or whatever. And yeah. He goes out like a badass. <laughs> yeah, he oh. does. Yeah, fucking figures. That's what he was like. And then my other zombie like film that I tied for last place, of course, it's I have to throw George A. Romero in there. It would have to be Night of the Living Dead, like from ni- from 1968. That that to that to me is just. I, I don't know what it is about it. It's just like the zombies, of course, it's just like you could tell. And even in black and white, it's just like they slap makeup on him. And it was just like, you know, humans probably like gray or yellow makeup just walking around and like acting. And it still works. Yeah. It's... You can tell, but it works. And it, there's something about that movie. There's the franticness of it. The, the way it kind of like snowballs into things. <laughs> like, oh, okay something's not right oh crap things are really not okay and then the main character isn't even the main character you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it's like it's it's such a great movie but i feel like i think romero's masterpiece in my opinion is day of the dead i think that's his like defining work hmm. um, because it just deals with like yo like oh what if what if they're smarter than they are or whatever it is you know <laughs> what i'm saying like that's creepy as hell um and then, and then there's this, like, sense of hopelessness at the end of that movie where it's, like, you know, they got away, but for how long? Like, they, they're not even, like, they got away from that situation, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, humanity's pretty much fucked, and then the last of it was that. You know what I mean? Like, that messed up and that whatever, like, far gone. So it's, like, is it even worth saving at that point type deal? Um, but you brought up, yo, Halloween. Halloween is like one of my favorite, you know, horror films ever as well. Um, the way that I actually got to see that movie um, was through VHS or whatever. Um, when I was younger, uh, I used to sell like um, 
like these little like Mexican candies, like these little Mexican gums or whatever it is. Um, because like I would have to spend like my weekends at this like flea market or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that's how I would buy my video games and films. You get me? Like that's how I would like. And and this was me like at a very young age, like okay. maybe like six to like, you know, before ten years old type deal. Um, and the guy that I would buy video games from also had a bunch of VHSs, and Halloween was one of them. And he didn't care what movie that I got because he just cared that I got like <laughs> I got the five bucks or whatever, you know? Yeah, what I'm yeah. So I remember seeing that, and I'm like, Halloween? Wait, like that that sounds awesome. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, that's scary. Halloween is a scary, you know, whatever time of year, whatever it is, all this other junk, and then. I forgot who it was that told me, but it was one of my aunts and uncles that was like, yo, that's the movie with Michael Myers. And I thought, Austin Powers. <laughs> like, oh, no, Austin like, Powers. I was like, for sure, okay, this movie must not be that scary or whatever it is, right? I'll watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, this wasn't funny. I was like, this, where's Michael Myers? And then they're like, no, that's Michael Myers. And then, you know, I had to... I, I learned very early on the distinction between, like, names and junk or whatever. Right. Um, I, I was actually, you know, like, come to think of it, I was actually, like, very lucky when it comes to, like, you know, all that stuff because so many uh, different points in time were condensed into one because uh, I lived in a household where, like, everybody was done being a kid already, so I got <laughs> all the leftovers. Um, but, yeah, you brought up uh, Halloween. What was the one after it? Um, so the one after that was Strangers. Strangers. Okay, so that made me think of, and I've seen the Strangers, but have you seen Funny Games? No, I have not. Okay, so it's a very similar premise, um, but the guys, they don't hide their faces or whatever, but they, essentially, they're just fucking with this family, and it's, it's really messed up. Like, it, it goes there, it, it has the imagery, it, it makes you feel irksome, um, but it's it's like these two deranged dudes descend upon a family and then they just they fuck with them. Uh, definitely, definitely check that one out. And then yeah, I don't know. That's that's so crazy. I like I like your choice in film. I like uh, I like your whole variety there. Yeah, it's like I like I said I didn't like things that you know. I always will go back to the '80s because that's the genre that started sorry the era that started me in horror, and it's the one that I will always remember and always love because um, Tales from the Crypt also happened during that era and HBO, and that's I watched a lot of that because I don't know it's just like most kids would just be like ew that guy's ugly and at seven or eight years old I was trying to draw him in art class in elementary school, <laughs> but yeah it's just, but. I like 80s horror, I like horror that's grounded in realism, I like horror that has isolation themes, I like zombies, I like some of the older stuff. Oh, yes, Dan, Creepshow is another good, good movie. I haven't seen the second Creepshow, but I have seen the first one. And and I know they're doing a show, a Creepshow show now. I don't remember... Is it on HBO as well, or is that Stars or something? Because I, I know that show is supposed to be highly produced. Oh, because uh, Greg Nicotero yes. is the one that that's behind it. And um, I don't remember whether it's going to be on HBO or Hulu, or I want to say Hulu. That's it what I heard. Be Hulu. I wouldn't be surprised. They're, they're eating up some couple, a couple of things, you know. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah, I mean, um, I at times, I like tend to like Hulu a lot more than Netflix, me too, because it's easier to find stuff that I'll actually watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I don't know what it is about Netflix, but it just feels overwhelming. With Hulu, it feels like I'm channel surfing. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, have you seen uh, Difficult People? Mm-mm. Or whatever? That's that's one of their, like, original series or whatever. Oh, like, they okay. They actually have pretty decent okay. original series. It's not horror or anything. It's actually, like, a, a funny one. Okay, so... Ju- I feel like you would like it. So, just in general, just kind of series there. Yeah, I take, like, non-horror recommendations. I love horror, but it's definitely not the only thing that I watch. For sure. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Wow, okay, so we've almost been going for about an hour and a half. See, like, once once we get going, we get going. Right. But, so, let's kind of start in the winding down process now. So, I'll ask you to give your final thoughts about things here in a minute, but... When, okay, so this question is kind of like a bit of a speculation question. So your thoughts. So looking forward into the future, the future, like even five years from now, ten years from now, um, what do you think the future has in store for horror? So what direction do you see horror going in? Do you think it's going to be like horror now? where it's like a little bit of everything or do you think it will go back to just specifically doing one type of horror again or what are your thoughts um well i feel like i'm gonna bring up an aspect that might lead us into another funnel of things i'm trying to keep this brief, <laughs> but like um video games you know what i mean so uh-huh. like interactive media in general like some of the my most favorite horror experiences are on you know, are, are video games, period, you know? Okay. Um, so, like, with the rise of VR and how accessible it is becoming now, and, and I know that they're releasing, you know, more and more expensive things, but that means the stuff that is there is getting cheaper. Um, I feel like if there is a focus on re-innovating, you know, that interaction with it, uh, that it, that is going to help the medium more than anything. That's going to help the, the genre of horror. Um, but as for the relevancy of it, I feel like it'll always have to do with the times. I, I feel like it'll always be a reflection of like what's going on, um, you know, socially and politically. It'll always be, well, not necessarily always, because I feel like right now it's more of yeah. a commentary on like, you know, social whatever it is. Right, right. Um, but also when when hasn't it been um it's just like much more of a mainstream thing um i don't know i i would like to see like on these you know uh you know streaming services and stuff like maybe not necessarily like uh original horror series because it's like stuff like that has happened but like more niched things um i would like to see i don't know like found footage done well you know what I mean? I would like to see, you know, the the haunted horror, you know, house, you know, type movie, that type of era. I'd like to see the vampire movie again, not Twilight vampires, like actual vampires again. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I read all the books. I'm not going to lie to you. I read all the books. I didn't hate the books, but I also differentiated them from like what true vampires are and like the horror that was there and stuff like, okay. I don't know. Um, I guess to, like, answer that question, like, like that, I would just like to see, um, the classics done well again, and I know that we shouldn't go back and, you know, reiterate everything and remake everything, because it's not necessarily handled well all the time, but, right. 
if it can work, if we can get something like on the level of it again, you know, with like, you know, the classics, then I would love to see that. So some more. So are you talking along the lines of like movies that maybe weren't necessarily done well, but now because like back then, but now we have the technology, like see more remakes. Cause I know remake tends to be like a bad word, especially like in the horror genre. Well, I, I just say, like, respect these stories, like, take okay. these stories more, you know, seriously yeah. and, and produce them and tell them in a way where it's, like, originally intended, like, have the true feeling of it all, you know, because it's, like, we've gotten stuff like, um, like, Frankenstein, the Frankenstein Robert De Niro was, like, super, you know, true to, like, the book type deal, and, and it was a good movie as well. So what I'm saying is, like, I would just like to see... Um, stories be taken more seriously you know okay. I mean, than the horror, horror genre. Like, okay, that's definitely fair. And like you mentioned it, and I felt like it's done a good job of respecting the... It's respecting the source material. Not to say the 90s one didn't. They didn't have like the things like back then that we do now. And I will say like, yeah, all respect for Tim Curry. He was a good Pennywise, like, for the time. I feel like this guy that they got uh, for Pennywise is also... Uh, I kind of like him a little bit better. Yeah. He's got the smile. It's crazy. Yep, and you've also got, like, the special effects and the CGI things, like, to be able to do that stuff that you didn't have, like, back in the 90s. But, so, yeah, so you're just saying more respect shown to like whatever source material is being used whether it's a book whether it's a movie things yeah, like that because it's like i i don't know i feel like uh even even now even with how mainstream horror can be like i feel like there's still a lot of like ah cheesiness like ah whatever <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah. like there are so many great novels there's so many great like films or you know just stories that that make you feel that irksomeness that generally bring out that you know frantic feeling and, and i just want to feel that way again there, there hasn't been a film that to do that in, in a long time yep yeah, and you could also like put it to the point that where horror people can get a little bit case hardened like things are like oh my god like didn't you find that scary it's just like no <laughs> It's like I've seen it all already. Like, what can scare me at this it's point? Like, I guess that's a fair point. Yeah, horror games are good at that. Even ones that I played before, like in Isolation, there's still some points where I'm like, ah, ah, <laughs> like, I, things like I that. Loved Alien Isolation. Really? I, uh, I think the parts with the androids, I, I think give a, give me more of the tense feel mm-hmm. than the parts of the Xenomorph. <gasps> I, I enjoyed sneaking around during those parts because I felt more like oh my god, they're about to see me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I felt like I can get, get away with more, with the Xenomorph. But it, it wasn't less terrifying, it was just more, I don't know, frantic, more, like, anxious-filled. Alright, Asia, well, this last playthrough I had, like, you know, I was able to get a lot of bolt gun ammo, so I guess it took kind of, like, the tension out of it just a little bit, because, like, what, got all this ammo, Boom, boom, boom. So uh, it's cool that you can play it that way. I've never played it as more of like an action-y. Yeah, yeah. And then of course, like I still like get startled by not only uh, working Joes and Xenomorphs, but also humans. It's just like, so everything just tends to startle me if I get like surprised by it. 
Okay, so now let's really do kind of a wind down thing. So I'm going to have you, I know you said that you're on hiatus, but when you usually aren't on hiatus, uh, talk to people about your Twitch channel, talk to people about where they can, like where they can find you on Twitch, where they can find you on YouTube, your social media. So where do you usually uh, kick about? For sure. So um, I'm actually kind of, uh, you know, getting back into the swing of things. So uh, you could find me on like uh, Twitch, obviously here, Pika underscore punch. Uh, Twitter is the same. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I, I like to post a lot of my food on Instagram. I'm not gonna lie. And, and I like selfies. I'm not, I, I can't even lie to you. I mean, I like the whole idea of social media, so I partake in it. Um, but on Instagram, it's Pika underscore underscore punch. Um, and then I have YouTube, obviously. I just released that video. Um, it's actually not necessarily a horror game, but it's based off of a horror movie, but the movie was bad and the book is good. World War Z. Um, oh. The game is actually good. <laughs> um, the movie was bad, but the game is good and the book is fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, I mainly do like Nintendo-based... Oh, crap. <laughs> my, my thing <laughs> fell. Um, but yeah, I mainly do Nintendo-based things on uh, Twitch. Um, YouTube is more just like reviews, but I say their thoughts because that's exactly what they are. It's just more thoughts on things. Um, and then, you know, just the rest of my social media is just me, you know, shooting the shit and stuff. I, I apologize if I'm not allowed to like swear or whatever. No, um, I, have you heard me on stream? <laughs> yeah, I cuss like a sailor and beyond. So you could say a, a whatever, like be potty mouth. I don't care. <laughs> word so yeah it's just it's pika underscore punch everywhere so I, I appreciate it so pika underscore punch everywhere except on instagram where it's pika underscore underscore punch word you, you'll still it's find like... me in the thing <laughs> you'll see that that's not me and it's like okay that's definitely this guy not this girl yeah it's not that it's that guy oh all right so and with this we are going to offic officially end this episode so once again pika thank you so very much for coming on to the podcast tonight and for being so patient about it having to be today and not yesterday it's like i appreciate you so much and for taking your time to talk some more with me Thanks for having me. It was a really fun time. I am so I am so glad that you had fun and I enjoyed having you on here. Like any final thoughts that you want to leave people? Wu Tang. Yeah, Wu Tang. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good rest of your night and enjoy whatever it is you're gonna be doing tonight. <laughs> for sure. Yep. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye. Boy. Ah, oh, great podcast and great listening audience. Thank you guys so much for hanging out tonight during the podcast. Now, it is not the end of the stream, but it is going to be the end of the podcast. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait a second here. Oh, okay. So, bologna pepperoni. <laughs> Rested pepperoncinis. But, yeah, it was such a great time. I am, like I said, it's not the end of the stream, but it is going to be the end of the podcast. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the closing of the podcast. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. And then when I come back, I will read a spooky story. And then I'll play a couple hours of something. So let me let me get ready and do the ending of the podcast. And once again, thank you all so very much for coming out to tonight's episode. And thank you to Pika for coming on and shooting the shit with me about horror. If you want to find this episode, I usually upload them after a week to youtube.com slash brandykins and to anchor.fm slash terrifictalk. The next episode will be the following week on May 15th, around the same time, 7 p.m. Central Time. So I look forward to seeing you all or... Or if you're listening to this, um, hearing you all again. <laughs> but yes, um, and as always, stay terrific, everybody. And until next time, bye-bye now.